0: Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our first day of enjoying Star Wars Celebration Online. We've got Blake in the podcast, um, in the escape pod, should I say, uh, just waiting for us to get in there and uh, chat about the recap or the review of day one, enjoying Celebration Online. And for those of you guys in person listening to our podcast, I'm extremely honored that uh, you make the time in your evening after Celebration to enjoy a show with us. Uh, We're going to do our best to uh, recap exactly what happened, what we were able to catch online, uh, enjoying Celebration from Home and all the news that leaked out from those panels that they don't actually officially release information from, but uh, we're going to get to it. And uh, uh, we're glad that you guys are with us uh, for the ride. So let's get into it. landing.
1: Hours away from people being able to see this. Is there anything you want the fans to know or any last thing you want to say to them before we get to see this series tonight?
0: This is where the fun begins.
1: (laughs) Oh
0: my goodness! Man, people just He's going so absolutely nuts when he said that. Right? Oh man, it oh was it's so good. Cool. I just burst out laughing. I thought that was like that was the highlight of the day. Uh, yeah, no, you know that he knows the fandom. He's <laughs> gonna say something like that, right? We're all so excited uh, to see him back, of course, and uh, you know, um, with tonight being the the premiere at, at, at midnight. Uh, we're gonna have the first uh, two. I think it's the first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi. Two. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Coming out. I think out that's on, what, we're, what I heard as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a ride, and uh, you know, to see the show come out finally after um, about a year and a bit of of waiting. I feel like the time's just flown right by, but you know, we're all uh, very uh, excited for it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's such a good point. It doesn't it feels like a long wait but also was pretty fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know this is the series i'm probably the most excited for that i've been so yeah cause, man i show about you mcgregor right you just you can't go wrong he's Oh, his favorite prequel character. Oh, he I know. It out of the park, He's so much fun. So glad to see him back. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so, so good to done. see
0: them back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as far as Ewan goes, I mean, uh, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing him in Christopher Robin, which I feel like was his last Disney, um, collaboration, or, you know, working with the company and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that movie just brought tears to my eyes. It was such a great, <laughs> great film. Uh, you know, so, uh, uh, touching for for you know an, a grown up person to look back at Winnie the Pooh and uh, it was made for people like <laughs> our age, <laughs> but uh, it was it, it's so good to see him back as Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, you know we're we're all going to just love the love the heck out of this show, um, you know beyond the Dickens John Williams back uh, directing. Uh, or orchestrating the theme for obi-wan kenobi as well and uh for those that's
1: awesome that was that's the news as of today right they never told anyone about that i don't think
0: they uh well it was news that he was going to be there playing for people in person i don't i don't think that was expected at all i know we were all blown away a couple years ago when he showed up at star wars celebration and and played for the opening day uh the opening theme or whatever um, but yeah, I think uh, it was a couple months ago or, or so that that uh, it was revealed that John Williams would be coming back and uh, reprising his role to to do a theme song for the show. But that's okay. all we it's all yeah. we knew. Uh, so good to hear it, though, I you know, seeing it in full. And I posted a, a link to someone's uh, recording on their phone in uh, in the Discord chat. So if any of you guys were, were who are listening, follow, uh, you know, the Celebration Buzz channel in our Discord. It's, uh, just,
1: it's just weird that they titled, they released the song and they titled it The Death of Obi-Wan. It's bizarre, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. Just uh, kidding. <laughs> I feel like they'll never make that mistake again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was such a bad, bad, like oversight from Phantom Menace.
0: Yeah, actually, you want to explain to people exactly what that joke is all about? So
1: Uh, back when the Phantom Menace was about to hit theaters, they released the soundtrack early. And one of the songs, one of the final songs was called the death of Qui-Gon. So everybody who saw that knew going into the movie before they'd seen it for the first time that Qui-Gon was going to die.
0: Yeah. It's like at the same time, you almost kind of know it's going to happen. I mean, uh, I feel like everyone going into the Phantom Menace knows that a lot of those Jedi are going to, Uh, die regardless. But, you know, it's just so it's so funny, though, that that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to see this in the movie. Uh, You know, it's like (laughs) the Qui-Gon's funeral soundtrack uh, prominently at track number whatever, you know, before going into the cinema. That's um, that's a a spoiler centric for sure. Um, The prequels did not handle um, preliminary spoilers very well. Uh, because the novelizations for the films actually came out, I think it was a month or two prior to the the film release. So people who were like, you know, super on it would snatch up those novelizations and, and uh, you know, nail out their story in their head before they go and sell the movie. I feel like
1: at that point in time, I wouldn't be able to finish it if I read every day until the release. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess it just goes to show just how, indie George was, you know, he just didn't, he wasn't a, a big franchise kind of monger, uh, you know, like, like companies, <laughs> companies now are, which, you know, it's just, um, there's a sense of control, you know, when you have a lot of, a lot of franchises, you know, under your belt, which is fair to say. Um, but, you know, George was just like very much, you know, didn't, didn't care about any of that stuff. I remember going to starwars.com and there was webcams You could see them shooting the the film. You know, there's a whole like section on the website and I forget what it was called now, but uh, it was on StarWars.com. You could see them in like 240p over this crappy webcam (laughs) setting up sets and shooting.
1: That pixel, that pixel. I,
0: I think that's Anakin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was refreshed every uh, so many minutes or, or something like that. And it was in the early days. Cool. Yeah, it was in the early Man, days it, of the Internet, you know, when it took. They would uh, never
1: do that now. Just the amount <laughs> of like spoilers and stuff. People would be going frame to frame. Well, this was before every,
0: YouTube. Yeah. This was before YouTube and all that. So uh, realistically, I mean, there was no good sense of online uh, video buffering. I remember our, our old crappy bunny ears TV, uh, anytime the (laughs) revenge of the Sith trailer came on, on public television, I'd be running into the living room trying to get a glimpse. You know, uh, there was no rewind. There was no uh, internet. There was no YouTube like and dislike count.
1: (laughs) And they did different trailers back then. They were like TV spotlights. So you get the only be a couple seconds long, whether it be, different yeah, stuff.
0: yeah. And they're all different sometimes, too. So you get like little different pieces of audio and dialogue and music. And you know, if you're drooling over a movie like we are, then, yeah, you know, that's everything. You
1: got to get them all. That's the highlight I mean, of the day. It, yeah. How funny would it be if, if, if it's like two truths and a lie, right? So yeah. I don't know, one of them is like Yoda turns to the dark
0: side, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you never know. <laughs> At least until it's released. It's done so differently now as far as um, how information is released to the public. And um, with with conventions like this, you know, they do try and keep stuff under wraps even in person. They try and make it exclusive. Uh, today, another thing that came up was um, some footage for Mandalorian Season 3 made its de- debut in front of audiences for the first time. And that stuff is still not released online. I don't think it will be until a trailer actually comes out. But uh, I'm
1: sure someone will have their phone recording of it. But oh, it's a someone did.
0: Of- yeah, someone did. And, and you know, uh, and you it's on a tweet. It's been was- retweeted 30,000 yeah. times. And I, I posted wasn't, the link in the
1: Discord. Uh, wasn't during 2017, did Disney, like, go after people who did that and try to get it taken down?
0: Yeah, uh, there's been a few copies that have been, you know, struck down already. And I wouldn't be surprised if the link I sent probably... Probably is invalid now at this point, uh, but it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, it's uh, it gets out there. People get a glimpse. People take snapshots. Uh, Do you
1: think I Disney know. just has people ready to go? They're like,
0: they released yeah, oh, a trailer yeah.
1: in the panel, and then behind there's like the stage, and then behind that there's just a uh, just a bunch of lawyers on computers, like ready to go. <laughs> and, like they release it, and they just start like refreshing YouTube's like like <laughs> yeah, trailer yeah. release spoilers, and people just sitting there like getting ready to
0: like. Go- Get it taken down. <laughs> All right, boys. When we hit play for the main audience here, people are going to be recording. Now, we've got 20 people out there watching for people on <laughs> phones, but some people keep the brightness down on the screen just enough that we can't catch them. It's those suckers we got to get and those YouTube channels we got to take down. We got to strike those disclaimer notices right away. Get on it. Charles, I want you on the back <laughs> computer over there. <laughs> All right, men. Mouse cursor over refresh on your browser and mark. Refresh! 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 refresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, how I picture it going now. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, but yeah, you know, if, if any of you guys caught a glimpse of that stuff, it was pretty sweet. Um, you got a glimpse of Bo-Katan in the, in the, in the footage as well as a Mandalorian. Grogu spoke, uh, you know, his squeaky little 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 voice line that he had, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, that was from my recollection. It was, that was about it. It wasn't like insanely detailed or anything like that, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was quite something as far as, um, actual official release stuff goes, um, which trailer do you want to start with? Should we kick things off with the non film or the, sorry, the non Star Wars stuff, or should we kick things off with the Star Wars stuff? I think we've got to get right into Andor cause that looked super cool. All right, let's do it. All right, everyone, this is the uh, the trailer for uh, Star Wars: Andor. thirty first, we finally got a date for that show, and uh, you know it's it, it's it, not to overshadow the hype of Obi Wan Kenobi, but I mean that show is looking pretty sweet.
1: Yep, I agree entirely. I love that it opens up with Calibrimbor there. He's got his hammers and he's making the ring. Looks cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know what that was about. I, I you know I've seen this trailer so many times today now because I was watching the live stream, and uh, you know they they play it between between guests and, and, and such, you know, when they're trying to fill the, fill the stream with something. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I I gotta say, I mean, I suspect that there's going to be quite a bit of flashback going on because the show is confirmed to have take, uh, takes place five years before Rogue One. Okay. And
1: where is that in compared to comparison to
0: Rebels? So Rebels, I think Rebels always started around the same time and lasting about four seasons. I think I feel like it started three to four years, maybe before Rogue One and kind of led up to uh, the Rogue One time frame. So, you know, my theory is that this could be similar. Yeah, it's very similar. I'd I'd say it's probably even uh, kind of almost, you know, neck and neck, almost rubbing up against Rebels. Uh, leaving just enough room for maybe a second or third season
1: so we could see freddie prince jr
0: in this (laughs) yeah you know what that would be absolutely awesome like um, pretty cool they did kind of anyone wondering (laughs) yeah they they did kind of tease that we would see some characters that were known to us that didn't show up in the trailer um possibly some very cameo like character show up you know kind of like cad bane showing up in book of boba uh we had yeah. no idea that that was going to happen and you know they they kind of surprised us all by pulling that up um but it was I'm cool with that kind of cameo
1: i hope it's not a blink and you miss it cameo where it's like spotting the ghost in the background of rogue one for example
0: yeah you know i i suspect we'll definitely see saw guerrera um you know i feel like uh forest Whitaker's return to the characters probably mm. gonna happen Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I also feel like, uh, you know, having... (laughs) 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 It's so It's so good, man. Um, The most memorable line in the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, getting characters like Mon Mothma, um, you know, Genevieve O'Reilly reprising her role from Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so cool. And on Coruscant. Yeah, you know, get, we got shots of uh, clone troopers, stormtroopers, death troopers. Uh, we got shots of the Imperial Senate. Uh, we got shots of v- a variety of planets, including what looks like to be um, Cassian Andor's homeworld. And I gather that only because there's a lot of kids all looking up th- at this crashing ship that's on fire. And uh, they all kind of have this similar physical look to them as if they're all kind of from the same race colony of people or, or colony. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, probably all Spanish speaking kids and stuff. And, uh, I know when, when he was cast as the character, they made a big push for, uh, that ethnicity being, being brought to the franchise and in, in, in a big way. And, uh, so it's kind of neat to see, you know, where he comes from, like that character and, and you uh, think they're you
1: gonna give like different planets for different culture, like humans.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, in the way that we all have our own countries, it would kind of make sense. Uh, it would way, make right? sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, And then you get,
1: like, Coruscant and planets that have a bit of everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. Can see
0: that. Yeah, totally. So, you know, I could totally see that happening. Uh, it looked more like a more primitive a uh, culture as well, so... uh you we you still
1: Lord of the rings too, right? Where it's, yeah. like, like the, the dwarf area. And the yeah, area. totally. Totally.
0: I had a great <laughs> vibe about it. I, I, I was loving every second of the trailer and, uh, you know... Um, I, I suspect it's going to be exactly how they describe it to be. It, it looks like it's got this darker undertone to the story. Um, yeah, you know. Did the, you write
1: down they were each asked to describe the series in three words?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I forget exactly what they said, but um, the the whole genre of of it being an espionage style kind of born. Uh, Yeah, it's
1: got some almost James Bond-esque
0: vibes from it, too. Yeah, Maybe not the
1: high-tech gadgets side, but like, yeah, like the espionage.
0: Yeah, because this is a time in which the Empire has now been ruling for 15 years. And um, this is five years after the Kenobi show takes place. So there's still Inquisitors running around out there hunting Jedi. Um, The events of Rebels have not yet taken place. So a lot of the a lot of the inquisitors, including the Grand Inquisitor, is still alive. So you know, there's a chance that maybe having filmed that show in parallel with Kenobi, maybe uh, we might get some cameos between those characters as well. Uh, but yeah, we- yeah, you're right.
1: So in that case, at least of the books are still canon, probably won't see canon unless it is like a one-off and he isn't a Jedi quotations yet. X jeni but we might see hera
0: that would be really cool um you know or if we saw like yeah if we, if we saw some sort of live action hera or chopper or something that would be pretty cool uh you know we we start things off with that crew the crew of the ghost in uh, a book that we both read way back when it was the first canon novel ever to be produced it was called the new dawn and new dawn uh, it was
1: it, also one of the first books to lose canon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was the first book to be classified as canon. And then when we all saw the show, it it, it felt so far from w- what we read <laughs> that, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it almost felt like it should have been <laughs> non-canon. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just felt the book was much more gritty than the show was. But of course, like the it book was, was targeting yeah. adults and the show was targeting kids. So it kind of was an made odd sense, decision. It, it was. Yeah. 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 They should have made it a junior novel. Instead.
1: Yeah. The only if we want to get into it, the only issue was Kane and Jarrus was two entirely different characters.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, in the in the in the show he was much more wholesome, much more kind of Yeah. Uh not g- so gritty in
1: the novel. In the
0: novel he's really gritty, yeah. Yeah. A lot more kind of Wolverine esque um yeah. style.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good yeah. way to describe it.
0: Yeah, Um, But yeah, you know, looking forward to the show. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, And, uh, you know, anyone should um, definitely go and check that trailer out. Uh, It's going to be great. They did announce a new series today, which uh, was teased a little while ago in the Vanity Fair um, article. Um, But now we finally have a logo and we finally have a name as well as a casting, uh, a casting of Jude Law. Uh, as a unspecified character in a new series called skeleton crew. And this is the, uh, young, um, I, I, well, it's like kind of a, uh, coming of age, um, directed and produced, uh, by John Watts, who is uh, primarily known as the guy who recently made all of the new Sony Marvel Spider-Man films. And, uh, it'll take place, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I have a, uh, description here if I can find it. um, so it is read it yeah go for
1: it i got it okay so star wars skeleton crew this new series will follow up a group of 10 year old kids from a small planet who get lost in the galaxy far far away and must try to find their way home the story will take place after star wars return of the jedi and will fit within the timeline the mandalorian and ahsoka takes place in so it's going to be around the same time as the Mandalorian.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so this is definitely, um, I guess, almost at least <laughs> a, to me, it feels like a filler for the loss of Rangers of the New Republic.
1: Does it? Yeah, that's that's what I got from the vibe of the uh, the title card. But reading it makes me wonder and kind of hope that it's a bunch of. Uh, Phantom Menace style Anakin's.
0: <laughs> yeah, are you an angel? <laughs> you know, coming of age is really a—it's uh, a difficult age group to pin because on the one hand, you know, you could almost you could almost say, yeah, it'll be ten to twelve year old kids, but on the other hand, it's like I, it's,
1: I feel like it's going to be like the Goonies. That's my first impression. Reading that's, it,
0: that's my thoughts too. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that. I, I know y- younger kids would definitely love it, um, but I remember being in in grade five and you know being that age, and Revenge of the Sith was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So <laughs>
1: kids get murdered. I mean, younglings.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I mean, here's the thing: I, like, I, I didn't grow up in a in the most progressive household. I mean, you know, we were quite reserved when it came to. Violence in films and such, so so I almost wasn't allowed to go and see it, believe it or not. But uh, you know, it was uh, it it was you know the best thing I'd ever seen. And and um, you know, I think when it comes to a show like this, like the age group that they're targeting, um, it's a bit confusing whether or not they are targeting, in fact, that same age group, or if they're trying to go younger with their Star Wars approach. I
1: feel like you, as a kid, I always watch shows with kids that are a bit older than me. Yeah. So they might be targeting kids six through like ten.
0: Yeah, that's my thoughts. Which
1: that means this is a, this will be the first live action Star Wars content ever that targets that young of an audience.
0: So basically, the the live action version of Star Wars Rebels kind of brought to the same age group is what you're saying. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Maybe not even Rebels. Maybe um, Resistance.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope it's not bad. I mean like you know it, 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 it's got Jude Law in it. I mean I you know I love Jude True. Law as an actor you know he's
1: I feel like he wouldn't sign on unless he'd read the script and't look good.
0: Yeah, yeah so I mean you know I, I have I have hopes for for the show and obviously we we can't expect <laughs> the world from it being geared for such younger kids. but I mean there, there's some classics though. I mean John Watts is a brilliant guy. Um, there's some kids movies that just remain classics uh, despite being targeted at an age group like that. And I have
1: to say, I'm, I'm really excited to see how Jude Law pulls off a playing a ten year old child.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love how it's like, you know, targeted at, at that age group, and this like spec- specified that that it has a cast full of ten year olds. And then the only one they announce is Jude Law. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Most <laughs> Which kid is he gonna be? Yeah, yeah. Which kid is he gonna be? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, skeleton crew, everyone, the next Disney plus show. Um, I'm kind of curious whether or not this will come out before, uh, before Ahsoka or not. I mean, you know, maybe the episodes will be shorter. I mean, if we're expecting this to be targeted at a younger age group, I don't think we're going to be getting 45 minute episodes. I think we're going to be looking at maybe a 20 episode or 20, 20 minute, maybe hmm. 12 episode yep. season or something, you know, half the, see half that, the yep. budget. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was some. Uh, so I, I, if you want to move on here, um, there was uh, some other cool stuff announced at Celebration. I, I noticed. I just had to jot this down. But uh, there's a John Favreau Mandalorian Tarvisla, uh, or what? What I forget the name. I think it's Tar. Maybe it's someone else. But uh, something he plays Visla in in the Mandalorian, uh, and yeah. he's demasked.
1: Wasn't it? Wasn't it post Visla? Post
0: Vizsla, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as opposed to pre Vizsla, yeah. Other character John Favreau played. Then they got they got a shot of of a John Favreau action figure Mandalorian armor standing next to a Dave Filoni and an X wing pilot, you know, action figure. Like, dude, this is just we gotta get things. that and George, yeah, in his Stormtrooper armor and put them all together. How do I not own any of these yet? Like, there's you know, I know the John one just an, was just announced, but I mean the Dave Filoni one apparently it's been out for a little bit, and the, there's a George Lucas one in a stormtrooper costume running around somewhere, which I've yet to find. So, uh, yeah, we got to get our hands on these. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. They should keep making these, you know, make, make, a make a Pablo Hidalgo in, in like, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, costume of some kind, you know, maybe throw them in a gonk droid. What if they did a Arch D2
1: where you could take the top off and take Kenny Baker out?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) There were some really cool Indiana Jones props that were announced, um, which I think they're being done in collaboration with the Hasbro line. Um, But there's one representing every movie, so there's the gold idol, the crystal skull, uh, the cup um, from The Last Crusade, as well as the magic rock thing from Temple of Doom. Uh, So if anyone's a big Indiana, yeah, and they
1: look cool. They look look really good. They
0: look so sick and. You know, I, um, Do you
1: like they're trying to compete with the Harry Potter props you can buy. From yeah. Studios.
0: Well, they've, they've been nailing out these cool Hasbro series uh, for both Marvel and um, Star Wars for a while now. Star Wars, primarily the lightsabers and the helmets, and the uh, uh, Marvel stuff, they've been doing a variety of things like uh, Mjolnir, as well as Cap's Shield, all the variants it comes in, as well as like Thor's Hammer. Uh, you know, and a few other things. They've done all the Infinity Gauntlets, and it's it's been it's been a cool lineup. Um, so now they're finally kind of embracing the Indiana Jones franchise a bit more, with the hype of Indy Five right around the corner. Uh, which, speaking of which, they finally kind of set loose a uh, a still which was taken, I'm assuming, from a shot in the film, uh, which has Indy climbing across a old battered, broken bridge thing in the in a cave. And, yeah, uh, very
1: similar to the bridge she has to cross in, which one is it? I think it's Raiders.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not much of a tease, but it's just cool to finally see, like, the fruition of of Indy 5 just around the corner.
1: No, it's not. I think it's Temple of Doom, ending in Temple of Doom.
0: Were you always a big indie fan?
1: I was, yeah. I was a huge Indiana Jones fan.
0: I um I never knew that until this past year I never knew that Temple of Doom actually was intended to be a prequel to the the four part series.
1: I uh, had heard that, but they also never really explained it that well. And obviously Harrison Ford is slightly older,
0: so Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I still watch it as number two. I don't care if it's a prequel. Cool. It's not my canon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So apparently uh, if you watch the complete adventures of Indiana Jones, which includes the adventures of young Indiana young? Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It is the chapter wise because they sort it of into chapters. It, it is. I
1: think I had some of those actually. Yeah. It's, I had
0: the, the old VHS
1: box set. There's four tapes. Yeah, that's right.
0: Should... Yeah. And they have the chapter numbers on the side. Um, yeah, that's right. That's the one. So yeah, Temple of Doom is is chronologically uh, prior to to the other two films, which is kind of interesting. But um, yeah, so uh, they had uh, um, I think did we bring this up? We we already brought the Mandalorian um, footage up, but uh, they they revealed the trailer or sorry the the logo uh, for Mandalorian, and um, you mentioned something interesting about the color scheme. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny because you showed
1: a picture of all three seasons next to each other, and I didn't really notice this before, but now that we have all three, the first season of Mandalorian is this kind of orangey, sandy color, and then the second one's this snowy blue color, and the third one's this, I think it's a sunset, but it's a very green sky yeah and so it, it looks like the original trilogy <laughs> yeah you, you got yeah. Tatooine you got Hoth and you got uh Force Moon andor
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it's pretty neat that that they've kind of mirrored that i guess uh which makes me wonder if they're stopping at season 3
1: also makes me wonder if they're going to do the same color scheme for every
0: series going forward <laughs> yeah yeah I wonder red blue green
1: red blue green red blue green <laughs>
0: Well, with Ahsoka, they've kicked off things uh, with a white. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's tough to say. I, I, I never saw that coming. But um, I guess things happen to work out, you know, uh, when they when they do the second and third season. Maybe they're like, oh, let's, let's do it this way. Um, yeah, it's
1: just become a habit now, Lucasfilm.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a variety of speakers today, uh, which uh, included an entire panel with Ian McDermott called an audience with the emperor. Um, they also had a high Republic phase two panel with all the authors and creators, uh, which spoke at the panel. They had highlight interviews with John and Dave, uh, you and, good H- talk. That, oh, was cool. that was fantastic. Yeah. Always, always great hearing, um, John and, and, and Dave, you know, speak about anything. And,
1: uh, yeah. And Dave mentioned specifically that he's in the middle of, actually directing the Ahsoka series. So he came down just for celebration and is heading back to work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he also name dropped George and, and uh, his direct apprenticeship to yeah. George's filmmaking style. And, and uh, yeah. You know, Kira he, he, he made sh-
1: it sound like there was a direct relationship between them. He, was, so he, that's what carries, it sounded like.
0: Yeah. So he carries an, a, a little figure or something he said of Akira Kurosawa that he, hides in all of his scenes and he has with him on set that he puts next to the viewing monitor. And, um, he, he kind of uses that as just like a token, I guess, to kind of remind him of, uh, that influence in star Wars, which I thought was really interesting. Just, just another thing that, you know, why we all love Dave so much, you know, (laughs) he's really all about the spirit of star Wars. Like, you know, the, the OG, like the feeling that you get, watching something that star wars he gets it right unlike almost anyone else so um you know i've got so much faith that the ahsoka show is going to be uh just knocking it right out of the park and uh you know we're we're all going to enjoy that one very much
1: yeah it's pretty cool i'm curious to see how this turns out because as a conversation between uh john and dave the it's kind of like the the script was flipped where in *Mandalorian*, John Favreau was writing the scripts and sending it to Dave to see what he thought, but in this one, Dave's writing the scripts and getting John to take a look at it. Yeah, we so, need to uh, compare the two and, and see the like the, the style difference, I guess.
0: Yeah, we definitely should. Yeah, um, we had other panel speakers from uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, of course. That was great to hear them talk. Um, Ashley Eckstein was up there, voice of Ahsoka Tano. Deborah Chow, who's the director of Obi-wan Kenobi.
1: And Ashley, I was surprised how emotional she got up there.
0: Oh yeah, you know Ashley is just such a uh such a soft heart, you know she's she's always been so um embodied of of you know the character that she's basically raised from nothing. You know, being a hated mm. character in the, in the eyes of the fandom to uh, one of the most beloved characters of all time. Oh man, what a and, transition, hey! Eh? It's crazy. You know, it makes anyone emotional, really. And and uh, you know, to to be fair, I mean, like her character is so uh, so much of a perfect Jedi in a way. You know, so so to her, she's like. Same as Qui-Gon. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, you know, she's a bit like uh, her Superman in a way. Uh, so I think, like, Ashley kind of looks up to Ahsoka's uh, morals and, uh, you know, life goals and, and uh, uh, you know, just what drives her, really. And, and she tries to embody that as best as possible because, you know, it's just, a, you know, I guess Ashley sees it as a, just a great way to live and, and uh, bringing goodness to other others lives and you know she she's very active you know in in that sense Um, she is so she seems like she's been
1: really active in her her own stuff now yeah so much star wars you can tell she was i feel like it's still a bit of a a sore spot with the the recasting live action i think she subtly brought that up in the conversation yeah she's she's not the live action ahsoka
0: yeah she did bring that up i mean i mean she knows that all the fans of kind of rallied with with her in that sense and uh you know we're, we're all kind of bummed that she didn't get the chance to play the characters didn't even get an audition uh but that's crazy to me it, it is kind of crazy i mean like i'm still kind of bummed about it too but
1: i am too i hate when they recast stuff like that And so i hope just like they did with uh katie sackoff they'll try to keep it more consistent we'll see yeah. with Freddy Prince Junior. That ever becomes a thing, or any of the other rebels characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll, uh, we'll I have wonder, to wait and see.
1: I do wonder if that direct, I guess, fan pushback maybe led to Kathleen Kennedy's announcement the other day that they're not going to recast people.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I mean, you know, that It that... Has something to do with it. Maybe it is just solo, but who knows? I guess so. I mean, uh, yeah, that that that's a connection I actually didn't quite. Make so yeah, that is interesting. Um, I, I I don't really know exactly. You you know what's funny is Ashley and Dave are at that convention together as of today. So um, you know I I highly doubt they wouldn't have run into each other. I mean they've got each other's phone numbers. You know there's there's definitely a, a long friendship just, there. Yeah, I'm
1: sure there was a conversation there at some point. Dave yeah. doesn't
0: strike me as the guy who would have just ghosted her. No, yeah, I I'm sure they would have had a conversation that would have had to have been kept on the down low uh, or, or something that she couldn't really necessarily speak about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And, and, uh, you know, Ashley being the person she is, is obviously very supportive of Rosario's casting. I mean, this, this dynamic has been seen before, but in reverse with Anakin Skywalker with, you know, the casting of Matt Lanter as, as a voice for, for that character. And, I'm
1: sure that was just a budget reason, though.
0: <laughs> and maybe. I mean, I, I don't even know if, if Hayden was even offered the chance to to play the character. But uh, quite frankly, I mean, I don't even know if he would have said yes. That's the thing, right? Like, it's <laughs> true. So. Especially
1: at the time, it was, I don't think people who were in big blockbuster cinema movies did TV on the side. Like, that right. really wasn't a thing. No, because I, it, it was it was seen as, I guess, moving backwards in your career. Whereas now it's a lot more. You kind of do you know whatever. Yeah, People the lines kind of blurred. Switch back now. and forth.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now there's so much quality television out there that uh, you know the streaming war is kind of blur- blurred <laughs> that line a little bit, uh, for sure. But begun the streaming war has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it has. Uh, Deborah Chow, who directs the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, she spoke. It was great to hear from her. Katie Sackhoff was there speaking on behalf of her character, Bo-Katan. Uh, Diego Luna and Genevieve O'Reilly, who plays uh, Cassian Andor and Mon Mothma in Rogue One. And uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, obviously, having reprised her roles well from Revenge of the Sith, all the cut scenes. Um, so she's back uh, in Andor. Uh, Taylor Gray, voice of Ezra Bridger, was there. Moses Ingram and Rupert Friend, who play uh, Riva the Inquisitor as well as the Grand Inquisitor in Obi Wan Kenobi, they spoke as well. Um, we had a uh, um, Kathleen Kennedy, the CEO of Lucasfilm, was there uh, with uh, an update on various things, as well as the executive producer from Andor. Her name's Santa uh, Wallen, Wallenberg. Wallenberg. Um, and uh and she was there speaking on behalf of andor uh they also had uh, some people from willow warwick davis uh joan joanne whaley and uh john kasdan were speaking about what's of funny Europe.
1: is warwick name drop that just before he went on the stage he was talking to harrison ford behind the scenes so Harrison was yeah. there he just didn't at least he wasn't any of the streamed panels I yeah know, he showed up
0: as a surprise somewhere he is he is in a panel somewhere and uh you know I wouldn't be surprised if if he was uh you know if he makes an appearance at some point over the weekend but but yeah it, it's so uh um cool to kind of see him active more active in the fandom and you know I know he was always we've had conversations about him being a little uh, bitter towards the standoffish, for, yeah, standoffish, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: But they're talks about Indiana Jones here, so I think he might have been a little more excited.
0: Maybe, maybe, yeah, for sure. He's we've there. We've talked Indy. about
1: exactly. We've talked about this briefly. Where Harrison Ford, I feel like he he personally doesn't feel like there's a lot of depth to Han Solo, and he got it because they didn't like the casting, I think originally, or they never they never found someone who fit it. He was like, he was doing the tests,
0: right. so they just let him have
1: the part as opposed to casting someone properly. Whereas Indiana Jones, he was through and through casted as the main character. Yeah, so yeah, I think right. he he holds it a lot more dear
0: to his heart. For sure, yeah, you know that's his kind of baby, you know his franchise. So. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, if they do have anything in regards to, I mean, based on the merchandise reveals and all that Indy five's definitely making a heavier, uh, appearance, at least as far as recognition goes, I'm surprised after all these years, I know Indy five has been kind of put on the back burner for a while, but, uh, with, with star Wars kind of in the forefront, but I mean, really it's, it's kind of a shocking to know that it's been this long. Since Lucasfilm's been owned by another uh, corporation, really. And Indy 5 still hasn't happened yet. You know, it's just mind-boggling that it's almost been 10 years.
1: It's a long time. I, I recall, and I don't know if this is true, but I recall back when Force Awakens was about to come out. There was rumors online that the only reason Harrison Ford agreed to do it was because Disney offered him a signing deal to do Indiana Jones Five, <laughs> or else he wouldn't have done it. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I just remember that that was a big rumor at the time.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember they did. They did eventually officially announce that they would do that. But but yeah, I, I wonder if that is the rumor that that it was part of the the signing. I guess yeah. for him to reprise uh, Han Solo.
1: You know. On the other hand, too though. Indiana Jones is another franchise that'll just print money. So why wouldn't they do that? I'm sure, even if there's no relation there, that it was it was going to happen regardless.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And John Williams, he played the theme for Indy Five right behind the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi theme song. So you know it was again cool. cool. Jealous of everyone who's in the room who got to hear. He must have done the
1: the Willow theme as well then, because they played the Willow theme quite a bit today.
0: Yeah, he must have, Uh, you know, I'm going to have to check on that. But in the video, he, he, he uh, just played Kenobian and Indy, but I I don't know. Maybe he did. He did play that one at some point uh, in the room. Uh, Yeah. They put on a mini concert for everyone at the opening ceremony or opening show or whatever. So,
1: man, that's, that's just so amazing. The fact that John Williams is, he's 90 now.
0: I know, right? It's it's crazy to think. And I almost put this down in the Discord chat, and then I just didn't know how to word it properly. But um, for all those people who were able to see that in person, I mean, you know, so, so fortunate to be able to see that because it, it might yeah. be one of the last oh, yeah. times you see John Williams. You, I mean,
1: you never know. I think we had this exact conversation right after we missed it in 2017.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's just, uh, you know, literally anything he does for cinema in his age right now is just a gift like it's just because he, he loves the series or he loves the the show or the film or the character it's or whatever true.
1: and he's just such a talented guy
0: yeah like, yeah
1: i I'd, it'll sad me dearly when his time comes i feel like it'll be i would put it and maybe this is because i'm, I'm not a, as high of intellectual but i would put it on the same level as passing as like bach or beethoven or something
0: yeah i mean that, no totally I, I music
1: mean it it's like it's it gets you right in the emotions right where it's supposed to every time
0: yeah and and uh, you know on top of that i mean it it's our current generation of contemporary art really is is cinema and uh um, yeah you know it, and and realistically you know he's such a big part of making that what it is because he's come up with all the biggest themes in hollywood you know, oh, yeah. it's,
1: I, I mean, you could just walk up to someone in the street and ask them to hum a tune to a whole bunch of films, you know, whether it be Jaws or Superman or E.T. or or Star Wars or Indiana Jones, just so many. And I bet you I bet you almost all of them could do it. Yeah, I, I would put it over 90 percent, maybe the 95 range.
0: Oh, man. And his work has been has been, uh, you know, uh, played by so many other third parties around the world, uh, you know, organizing school bands and, uh, you know, putting on their own concerts for their own city. Uh, you know, it's, I know every city has their own orchestra and sometimes do a concert every year. Uh, sometimes to the duration of an entire film, you know, I know they, they do in our local city with, with Harry Potter and, uh, uh, Star Wars. Which was and all that. also and, John Williams. Yeah. And uh, Hedwig's theme. And, you know, the first, the first three Harry Potter films were, were all John Williams. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you know, it's just so iconic. Right. And, and uh, <laughs> y- y- you almost can't get more iconic than, than John Williams in, in the cinema realm. So, yeah. It, I don't and, think so.
1: Cause like there's, it's not to say there isn't other musicians who are, who are bad at cinema. Like there's, there's, there's a, there's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the main other guy, which is make this, I mean, I mean well, kind of there's awkward, but like other famous,
0: famous composers.
1: Yeah. For like, like who, the guy who did, who did all the, uh, Christopher Nolan films.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hans Zimmer.
1: Hans Zimmer. I think he's yeah. the other, like I would put him probably next on the tier, but if you asked me to hum most of Hans Zimmer songs, I don't think I could do it.
0: Right. No, exactly. I would say yeah. the
1: only one would probably be Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I, th- I think uh, Michael G- uh, Giacchino, uh, I believe, is is quite quite high up on the list. I mean, uh, this is the guy who came up with the Incredibles theme song. Uh, he did the soundtrack for Rogue One. Uh, you know, there's there's been a variety of things he's done, which has been pretty famous. John Powell, you know, famous guy. Uh, you know, they're, they're, the Howard Shore you know, for his work on Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, for sure, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: That's so, so there, there, there's definitely quite a few out there, but for sure, as far as like the very classic cinema uh, themes, you, you can't get much more cla- more original than John Williams. I mean, he's he's kind of the one who even reinvented the idea of doing uh, uh, a whole, well, he was also kind of George's idea to do this in his movie, but um, having a full orchestra the way it was in a in a action Based science fiction cinema like that, like there, there was just nothing like that done before.
1: No, and uh, one of the documentaries George speaks to that, and he says at the time everything was like funk and electric guitar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Could so, you imagine Star Wars to funk? I mean, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean wh- <laughs> we should do we should do a voiceover version <laughs> here. I I honestly cannot imagine any movie without the music is God. I mean, Jurassic Park, you know, Harry yeah. Potter. I mean like all the biggest names in Hollywood, as far as, you know, cinema franchises go, he's like, he's had a hand in almost all of them. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. That's exactly. it. So,
1: so shout out to John Williams. Yeah. Um, thanks for going to celebration and just being such an honor to everyone who was able to
0: attend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, John. Um, we got two last things on the itinerary here. Uh, they had a huge panel in regards to the High Republic Phase 2. Uh, now, for those out there who aren't really aware of what the High Republic is, it is an era that Star Wars or Lucasfilm has been building out prior to The Phantom Menace. Uh, it takes place roughly 200 years um, up until about the 50 to 100 year mark prior to Episode 1. Um, In the glory days of the Jedi, uh, the glory days of the High Republic, uh, well, it's called the High Republic because it's kind of the golden age, I guess, um, in which, you know, the Sith are kind of gone. They're in hiding. Uh, We don't even get a glimpse of them in phase one at all. Um, And it's a multimedia project. So there's novels uh, for adults, junior, young adult. Uh, There's various comic series. There's an audio exclusive novel. Um, There's even some VR experiences uh, through short stories in um, the Tales from a Galaxy's Edge, which was uh, really cool to play through. And uh, they've been kind of building visually what this time period looks like. And uh, they've wrapped up all the content for phase one, not that long ago, it was a couple months ago. Um, and phase two is kind of, yeah, phase one is kind of wrapped, wrapped. So now, uh, phase two out of three is, is kind of begun. And I find
1: that interesting because one of the artworks released looks like the same character from phase one.
0: Uh, so which one are you looking at? Uh, the
1: second one down. Oh, so there's the the woman with the two lightsabers. I guess the other woman had a had a light whip. They look they looks very similar to her uh, and her her tech friend.
0: Yeah, so um so phase 2 is, is kind of kind of uh I don't know. I mean, you're looking at the lady with the green tentacle head, is that is that the one? No.
1: No, there's the the woman with the two blue lightsabers and she's facing some sort of shadow monster.
0: Oh, uh I'm I'm trying to find it here. I don't quite see it on the list. Is there a title to the book you're referring to?
1: Uh Quest for the Hidden City.
0: Oh, I oh the two Jedi there. Or oh no, it yeah. is one Jedi with two lightsabers. Yeah, it is. That's right. Uh, yeah, you know, I I don't really know um this almost this you know, this almost looks like the same Jedi as the in the picture above, which is called Convergence. Um, except she's got two purple lightsabers there. So I'm not really sure it does say cover, not final. So maybe it's, uh, maybe it is the same one. I I don't really know. Um, but the, the phase two era, the way they they described it was it's kind of like how they're doing, how George did star Wars. So he started with the middle, then did the beginning, then, then did, you know, then Disney did the end. Um, so they're kind of approaching it the same way where phase one was the middle phase two is going to be like a flashback and then phase three is going to be a conclusion so i'm not really a huge fan of that because you know i i feel like you know i feel like it it wasn't george's intention to start with the middle it was just what he was kind of restricted to for the technology at the time right Um, right and I feel like approaching it from that standpoint, it's like, well, in some ways it's beneficial because you can kind of just get right into it without needing to oh, come up so with a confusing. beginning. But it's going to be confusing as heck for anyone trying to like navigate the plethora of High Republic content out there. Um, yeah, because this means
1: if you're going to... Let's say someone wants to get into the novels and they, they just look up, oh, this series, whatever, read this book. And then they'll find out that the ones that come later come before.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be weird. Right. I mean, like, and Are they all going to say prequel, like, how does that work? Well, the, so the phase one, the star Wars, high Republic logo is all gold and phase two, they're going with a blue banner. So you'll be able to tell if it's phase two, if it has a blue uh, logo for the title, uh, gotcha. That that's kind of the, the, just the general phase two theme, I guess. Um, But they announced so much stuff today. It was unbelievable. Um, Like they pretty much just slammed down on the table their entire lineup of stuff. And, you know, that was that was pretty much it. So (laughs) so playing
1: poker and you got to show your hand. The final call.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm not going to bother reading through all the titles because that's going to just mean nothing to everyone listening. But, um, you know, if you are in, interested in the higher public, definitely go and uh, check it out. There was a plethora of concept art released for phase two as well, which was really cool. I've got all of those posted in the Celebration Buzz channel on the Discord, as well as uh, screenshots of all the, the covers for all of the future books that are coming our way as well. So all of that content's in there. Um, one thing I do want to highlight though, and one thing I do want to talk about briefly with you is an audio exclusive book. Um, in phase one, they did one of these, it was called Tempest Runner. I just finished listening to it a couple days ago. It was called, uh, sorry, it was called Tempest Runner. Um, and, and yeah, I finished listening to it a couple days ago. It was, it was kind of a highlight story for the Nihil. um, uh, the
1: Twi'lek woman, right?
0: Yeah, the Twi'lek woman. Yeah. Um, okay,
1: I did. I did listen to that
0: then. Yeah. So it was. It was okay. Um, I, I'm not going to say it was the best one I've ever listened to. I think Dooku Jedi Lost was probably the best audio exclusive book that I've ever listened to. But uh, but it wasn't bad. Uh, what confused me a lot was the way that it n- navigated the story. So it very similar to Dooku Jedi Lost, where Ventress is recounting events in Dooku's journal. Um, this, this story for Tempest runner was kind of a bunch of people in a bar having a conversation about events that, that someone witnessed happened or, or whatever. And, um, fills in the story that way. And it was a very long story. Like if you look at the novel printed script for this audiobook, it's quite hefty. It's quite thick. Uh, I think it was 13 hours or 14 hours long. Uh, Okay. Yeah.
1: It's quite long. That is quite long. Yeah. Most Star Wars books in audio format, I think around the seven hour mark. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Context. And that's, that's books that are um, done in an audio uh, adaption, right? Unabridged.
1: Right? Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. So this being uh, done exclusively for, for audio uh, you know, it's definitely presented very well. Performance is great uh, as always, uh, but definitely quite a long story. And, and to be fair, not a character that I was that attached to when I first started getting into High Republic. I mean, I haven't read absolutely everything from phase one, mm-hmm. but you and I both have read quite a decent amount. And yeah, uh and overall, the most what you, interesting part mm-hmm.
1: was un, unquestionably the uh the Nihil.
0: Yeah, um and so what, what I was just about to say, like what, what what were your thoughts in general for people who might be interested in checking High Republic out? Yeah, what do you think of phase one in general, like out of all the stuff you did read?
1: highs and lows i would say i like i, said, I really liked the concept the nihil i thought they were a lot of fun they're really cool in the fact that the jedi had never really dealt with uh, i guess you can consider them brigands or vikings space vikings were there they were ruthless in a way that they would do things in say like uh, space combat they would kill their own their own to, t- to take out specific uh, republic ships and stuff so th- in the in regular military training or what the Jedi were, were always taught were, you know, life is valuable. So they would never think that an enemy would be so ruthless. So yeah. it was kind of like sort of along those lines. And then they were, they came across the night hill themselves came across a lot, like the, the space version of all the, uh, like the, the punk kind of rocker, uh, Wastelanders that you have in a lot of the Mad Max films, which right. I thought was super cool. I really liked that a
0: lot. Yeah, it's a good way to describe them for sure. Um, yeah, so so as far as a villain complexity goes, they're they're you know, they're new and they're interesting. Um, personally I just never I never quite I was more interested about Mark Yon Rowe. Uh, yeah, than it was. who's their leader. Yeah, who's the leader. And he, he does have a, a comic book storyline about his origins, I think, uh, which I still yeah, have.
1: So we finally saw what he looked like. So he's a yeah. super nerdy intellectual voice, and then he's super ripped. Yeah. <laughs> so it just didn't feel right to me. But yeah, I guess is what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I I still haven't actually read it myself, but but um, the audio book being based on Lorna D, which is one of the other leaders, uh, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't really get into it. Like I listened to the whole thing, but I just, I don't know. I just wasn't, it wasn't really for me. Um, this next phase two thing, which I wanted, wanted to bring up though, is the, this is the phase two audiobook highlight of this new wave of stories and it's called the battle of Jeddah, And that to me is fascinating because it's not about a single character, at least based on the title. um, and uh Jeddah, as we know from rogue one is that ruined jedi city that we saw get blown up uh by the death star that's right so mm-hmm. that'll be really sweet to see you know and i know the the movie did a great job of highlighting you know torn down statues and uh the wreckage that was left behind uh i
1: and- was surprised by this to be honest because I think it's going to be really cool, but when I saw Rogue One with the fallen statues and everything, I was left the impression that that was thousands of year ago, thousands of years ago, not 200.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I guess it was just never really quite confirmed. I think people of the visual dictionary will, uh, or people who have the visual dictionary will probably be able to confirm. Uh, you know, if if anything's been specifically written about. Those particular statues in that city, but um, you know, I guess there was room to squeeze in uh, a story about how that city falls, and and uh, uh, you know, it's just interesting to me that that they've gone as far as including that because uh, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of them going back further with phase two because we know that Light of the Jedi and the the phase one of the Higher Public takes place 200 years before. Uh, The Phantom Menace. Well, Phase 2 is supposed to be an additional 150 years before Phase 1 does. So now we're looking at 350 years before. Yeah, that's that's what's so confusing about, you know, Phase... I thought it was just 150, not... No, yeah, it's an additional, edited. yeah, so three hundred fifty yeah. or so. It's 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 yeah. It's that's why it's so confusing. Because yeah, um, I
1: thought it was later originally, so it's two hundred and then one fifty. Yeah, so I'm getting closer. To this, this
0: is why I'm was. so unsure about how they've done this planning for the story. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of neat. Star you know, Wars to see. anthology
1: film. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, very quickly turned a Star Wars story. Yeah, so uh, it's gonna be cool to see, you know, where where that story goes. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely pick that one. Up up uh you know um when when it comes out and uh i'll try and get around to as much of this phase two stuff as possible um
1: yeah i do think before we move on that it's worth mentioning the two other important points which uh are both quite a change to star wars um at least if you're fans of games like tor or kotor um the bigger one in that regard is they actually are changing the tech throughout the galaxy for this this phase so you're not able to make calls like through all the projectors anything along those lines at this timeline they're actually sending messages similar to uh like medieval times or ancient Greek or even up up to the creation of the not just the telephone but also the um what's that thing called
0: yeah, yeah, Morse code. Uh, the Yeah, I know the device that the radio frequency. Yeah, like you know the
1: name of it. But yeah. Prior to any technology. So they actually, they have droids that will, will be like messengers, and you record a message, and then the droid would get on a ship and fly to that person, and they would personally receive it.
0: So yeah. Like pigeon. My like pigeon notes. It's kind of interesting because it really kind of reduces how much uh, long standing history the galaxy has with global telecommunications. I mean, you know, if you, if you, anyone, you know, really uh, is familiar with expanded universe uh, with Star Wars legends going back as far as the Knights of the Old Republic and all this and that holograms and everything, that's all a thing still. So, yep you know, them changing that up where hologram technology and, uh, visual technology of, of video communications and audio communications and all this and that, you know, doesn't, it's not really a thing. 350 years before the Phantom Menace. Um, it's, I'm going to, I'm unsure about
1: that because they worded it specifically because they mentioned that the technology doesn't change for 10, for 10,000 years. So the technology still exists, it's just there's no infrastructure. So I think this might be the case only for the
0: outer rim planets. Uh, That would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. I'm
1: not 100% sure on that.
0: That actually does make sense because Starlight Beacon is supposed to kind of be that antenna for the outer rim or for, uh, you know, that section of space. But, yeah, it, it is kind of like, I don't know, it's just one of those things that never came up, you know, back in the old Republic, right? Like you could just communicate with anyone, anywhere. Telegram. (laughs) Telegram. Telegram. On on the beep, beep, beep. um, The the Morse code machine, Telegram. That's right. Uh, Yeah. These days people know Telegram as an app. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, and uh, I guess it kind of does play into the fact that Force Awakens kicked things off with a hologram that had color to it. You know, that was new uh, for the time and um, only taking place, you know, 25 Could you imagine years later. Technology
1: doesn't change years. for 10,000 years and then they suddenly decide to add color. Yeah. It's like black and white television for 10,000 years.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like with, with, with Force Awakens taking place 29 to 30 years later after Return of the Jedi, I mean, you know, technology changed so much in that time frame and you know it's just i feel like star wars with the technology on board various ships and equipments and everything not knowing when that vehicle or whatever took you know was built it's hard to quite it's hard to pin down exactly um how good things are at any point in the series because in the prequels there's so much uh you know with the techno union ships and 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 all that and there's a lot more holograms there's a lot more kind of you know the visual effects were, were better, of course. So there was a bit more to yeah. to do. But in the original trilogy, the holograms are not that great, and people relied more on the video screens. And then in the sequels, yeah, that's true. In the sequels, that's kind of like uh, it, it's kind of like it's kind of crazy with the holograms being like fully colored and everything. And then you flash. Yeah, back. they didn't
1: use a lot of, of screens. In fact, the only time I can think of, actually, two two times that they used screens were both in the Phantom Menace. Once where. You're in the uh, Royal Chambers with uh, Queen Amidala, and they have that weird, like, watery TV screen.
0: Yeah, the, the Trade Federation has that, like, morphing wall. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and she has one, too, there, and they, they talk through that. And the only other time I could think of was the deleted scene where there's that guy who, like, awkwardly, like,
0: pushes over the droid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's um, it's kind of a I, – I, I guess there was – like there's video screens on board the ships in in episode three, and such. And we see it in Clone Wars. Yeah. For
1: example, when they pretend to be the droids and they hold like the the B one battle droid head up in front of the camera.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, video screens. I guess were always kind of a thing. Um, but just, just a lot
1: used a lot less. They yeah. generally used holograms, and I bet that was a decision by George because he had the tech to do it more often.
0: For sure. And, a, and a bunch. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it is interesting going back this far, you know, 350 years prior. And uh, telecommunications is only really a thing if you're if you're within realm of...
1: Probably the core or mid-range. Yeah, mid-range. yeah.
0: And even at that, I would even wonder, like, oh, maybe it only works, you know, per planet kind of thing. And then... I and can't then you get have to, a signal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let me climb on the hill.
0: Well, through phase one, they made such a big deal about the... Uh, Um, the communication outpost and so there's an entire book called race to crash point tower, uh, which was, you know, when the galactic fairground happens and the Nile attack the fair uh, there's a, an, an antenna that's like attacked or whatever from the Nihil and communications are knocked out. out
1: communication.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that one antenna serviced the entire planet. And it's like, okay, that probably wouldn't happen like in the movies. (laughs) So they've been kind of hinting at at us, you know, in that regards with phase one, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see like kind of like how they build out this section of star Wars. It's going to be definitely the most different thing that we've seen. And phase two will now be the newest, latest thing that takes place so far behind the films that it'll be the earliest point in chronological order as to where we would technically start the story. So
1: yeah, There's yeah, that as that's well.
0: true. Yeah,
1: what do you think about the fact there being two chancellors?
0: Yeah, that was interesting to me. I mean, uh, I I kind of saw the uh, I saw the need. Um, you know, as the galaxy grows more and more planets kind of join the republic or the system, I guess. Um, and with the communications the way that they are, it would almost make sense to have uh, two people doing what they do that work in cohesion with each other, you know, that travel communicate with each other and then go back to their respective territories. Um, it okay, would, it, thinking would of it that way. Yeah, it would make sense. Would, I know, I know some cities have multiple mayors, um, based on yeah. the size and quantity of people and all that. So it, it, to me it made perfect sense.
1: Comparing to history, I feel like the only time that ever happens is civil war.
0: <laughs> well, if they are, if they are leading to that, it's going to be They said it's
1: not. They said it's a golden age where they're working together. I mean, who knows if that, that changes? But that's what they said in the panel.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, like, I, I just looked at it as it's a communications thing. Like, the galaxy is mm-hmm. just too big for the technology of the time. Whereas we get to the prequels and, you know, the Emperor is able to execute all the Jedi across the galaxy with one phone call. Like, you know, it's it's kind of a different time. So... Um, you know, almost like how times today are are different than they were a hundred years ago. Uh, you know, people were sending messenger boys with letters and it was, you know, in, in almost like an entire strategy of the war would be in the hands of a boy running across a country. That was uh, more than a hundred years ago. but <laughs> So, I mean, we're looking at world war one here, you know, going, you know, yeah. I guess, so I guess, yeah, more than a hundred years ago, uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's different times. Even a hundred years ago on our own planet, I mean, you flash back three hundred fifty years. I mean, that's that's yeah, hundred years something.
1: ago probably been like the dawn of the motor car.
0: Yeah, so so um, I I just remember like seeing that nineteen seventeen car uh, movie, and the mm-hmm. entire plot of the movie is just about this letter that needs to or this. this
1: Be delivered.
0: Yeah, and you know it was a great movie by the way. Uh, How funny!
1: We should do a supercut where it was, it's that, and then he, the person, gets the the letter and opens it, and it's like a, a pizza order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty minutes or less.
0: <laughs> what did you think of um, the uh, the leveler revealed finally? Um, th- we finally got some the 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 visual look of these creatures, which. Uh, were kind of hinted at or introduced to us at the very end of the light of the Jedi novel. And uh, in the phase two artwork here, they finally kind of revealed what those things look like and how terrifying they really are. Um, what, what do you think of the design of these creatures?
1: Where am I? Oh,
0: these things. Yeah. There's one called, they're called the nameless and um, the leveler is the one with, that's the what quality. I call
1: writer's block. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh, to, this to me looks like something out of warcraft
0: it's interesting i would say i mean you know it, it's definitely or uh obscure what's that guy's called looks like a D monster heart
1: what's his name yeah i could see that as well yeah. uh, man what's the name of that guy something heart oh He's like a, a fav, famous writer oh i did, the, know. did like the kraken and stuff
0: yeah it, it looks like something that he came up with then yeah exactly yeah. well uh that is higher public you know uh phase two on its way and um
1: oh i should comment on it um the monsters or whatever here the Nameless. I wonder if this is them doing a soft reboot with uh, the plant creatures because they didn't get the reaction they wanted.
0: Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, it really depends how far back this planning goes with all this stuff because the gear were, were introduced fairly early Drangir. on. Gear. yeah. Yeah. Because you
1: and I both talked about the, when we first heard
0: of the gear, we thought they were going to
1: be like a horror movie-esque kind of monster where they they just were like after food and they were relentless. whereas we got an intellectual creature that was like speaking but was pure evil
0: right which uh,
1: to me was less interesting to me it'd be cool to have this unstoppable like feeding monster and the jedi like don't know how to deal with it it's like just spreads
0: right yeah yeah
1: Like, like the thing
0: yeah uh well these things look terrifying so you know i'm looking forward to phase two and it uh, should be interesting to see so uh phase two everyone of high republic you can look forward to that uh, last thing on our list is uh the willow uh trailer dropped and um let's looks uh cool it looks awesome let's let's take a listen there is a the unlikely hero who would protect her there is a balance between all things light and shadow is upset, the universe corrects, the world needs you again, it needs your magic,
1: into the unknown.
0: that's where we must go all right november 30th is when uh, willow comes to disney plus and uh, you know it's gonna it looks great i've never actually seen the first one i'm gonna have to watch that at some point you gotta
1: check it out man it's a classic it's it's higher fantasy than Lord of the Rings because this this at the time when it came out was what a lot of fantasy films were like I know there's a Tom Cruise one as well I think it's called legendary yeah and they were all uh let they're all less gritty than what we got with Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings really changed the tone so it's, I'm curious to see what this is going to be like if they're going to play into that high fantasy style yeah or if they're going to try to do something more modern but from the trailer, I know it looked a lot like the first season of The Wheel of Time, which I really enjoyed.
0: That's good. That's good. Um, for Wheel of Time, I, I kind of, I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I liked, I liked it, but I also was a bit underwhelmed because of the hype that surrounded the show. And I never read the books, uh, but I, I do have a friend or two that that read the books more than once. And yeah, and I read those. Not too impressed with the show, but. Um, but Willow, man, like, I'm, I'm super looking forward to the show. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be watching Willow, you know, this weekend and, and, uh, uh, catching up on, on that franchise and that title. Uh, this is it looks great. It's great to see more fantasy stuff out there. Cause you know, I feel like there's sometimes there's just not enough of it. Yeah,
1: for sure. And seeing, uh, Warwick Davis again, reprises Rolf. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I know, um, uh kasdan's son same guy who co-wrote um the solo movie is looks like he's gonna be penning this
0: right yeah so uh yeah he's yeah he's uh i mean you know i i enjoyed solo uh so you know it should be uh should be interesting um and uh you know it's got a great cast of people uh they've got a number of people returning from solo i guess with warwick and uh uh um, oh you mean Willow? Um I for, yeah <laughs> yeah, Willow. Um and uh a few names I forgot to put on the uh the list of panel um uh speakers was uh, the girl who plays Enfys Nest and uh, there was uh, one or two others with her as well who were uh cast members on the show. But uh yeah, it was it was uh, it was neat to see uh, see them all, you know, come together again and uh, you know, we get more uh Lucasfilm stories. So you know, it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's
1: going to be super cool. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks good.
0: I'd like to bring up one last thing here. We got a package sent to us in the escape pod. Let me just go get it here. All right, here, here it is. Here it is. You're fresh did off you the... That, did you just reach out the window of the <laughs> escape pod? Oh, so I did. A vacuum of space? Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. Hold on a second. I got to fix that all right I that was close. He yeah, ain't got a close eye no, to lock. That was close.
1: Merchandising. Merchandising? What's
0: that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up the store. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. The kids love this one. All right, so our friends at Orbit Key have uh, so kindly sent us uh, a few of their new Star Wars lineup, which uh, consists, I know we talked about uh, these uh, products on uh, May the 4th. Uh, they uh, gave us the early info that they would be releasing a Star Wars lineup uh, through Orbit Key, And uh, they uh, they have a variety of key organizers uh, based on various character designs, including Boba Fett, The Mandalorian, Grogu, and Emperor Palpatine, um, all uh, within Canada, costing uh, $69.90 and uh, a bunch of these are uh, i think it's the the mandalorian one is no longer available which uh, i don't i know these are limited edition i don't know if that one's coming back in stock or not but as of this moment um there's only three out of the four that are available on the website which is mind-blowing uh this is obviously uh you know a successful product um i feel like any star wars fan likes limited edition anything so definitely get your hands on these because i've got one sitting in front of me right now along with a, a, a great accessory that goes with it called the multi-tool version two with nine functions in one slim profile that you can actually fit into this keychain. Uh, and it comes in a nice matte black uh, like cardboard box with kind of a, a slide out, uh, slip case sort of ordeal. And, uh, oh man, taking this out of the boxes, uh, this is great. On the inside, you see a picture of, uh, uh, oh, this is a card, it's a, it's a card. Alright, it says an Orbesh on the front, Mandalorian. Uh, So, I've got the Mandalorian one in front of me right now. And uh, flipping this thing over, it says uh, the Mandalorian. uh, This limited edition key organizer features a charcoal Crazy Horse leather band with brown stitching that resembles the Bounty Hunter's armor. The Beskar-inspired silver polished hardware and durable brown leather lining is synonymous. With the Mandalorian's intimidating stance. Uh, And then there's a little section about the Mandalorian. uh, Known by many as Mando uh, and few by the name Din Djarin. The Mandalorian is a battle-hardened bounty hunter recognized by his distinctive Beskar helmet and formidable reputation. A member of the Bounty Hunters Guild, the Mandalorian collects bounties as he travels across the galaxy's outer rim. And then at the bottom it says Travel the Galaxy. And in front of that, we have uh, our keychain, our lovely uh, keychain on uh, uh, almost like a little booklet. And on the back of that booklet, it says, from the original trilogy to the Mandalorian, the Star Wars galaxy is filled with endless stories and timeless characters inspired by iconic heroes and villains. These limited edition key organizers celebrate Star Wars in Orbit Key's elegant and understated design language. Unlock your destiny throughout the galaxy. May the force be with you. Um, And then uh, you get the little Lucasfilm trademark down there. There is a little using the key organizer how to assemble the ecosystem the accessories you can get for it uh, inside the booklet and then on the front is a uh, Is the the keychain itself and uh, on the inside is inscribed in Orbesh Mandalorian So I've got the other ones in front of me here, Emperor Palpatine, Grogu, and Boba Fett. And uh, there's an about section on their unique character cards that comes in the box with uh, the keychain, as well as an about section for the keychain. And uh, it says on Emperor Palpatine's here, no design better exemplifies the sheer power and status the Emperor holds throughout the galaxy than this limited edition black Saffiano leather key organizer. The luxurious band is detailed and textured with deep purple stitching and leather lining that is synonymous with Palpatine's Sith robes, the reminiscent of the Sith Lord's devastating force lightning abilities. And then about the Emperor, the most infamous Dark Lord of the Sith, Palpatine lived a double life as a Naboo senator and Phantom Menace, the Emperor restored the Sith and destroyed the Jedi Order, ruling the galaxy through tyranny and fear. And the the keychain for this one is uh, is awesome as well. Uh, the clasp is kind of like a matte black, and uh, it's got a nice kind of glossy finish on the outside. Uh, definitely recommend. Uh, there's one here for Boba Fett. It says, like the bounty hunter's armor designed to withstand the unforgiving dunes of Tatooine, this limited edition key organizer is designed to withstand the toughest environments in your galaxy. The contemporary camo nylon band and maroon leather linings pay homage to Boba Fett's iconic helmet and chest plate, while gunmetal hardware is reminiscent of his dangerous armaments. Uh, And this one is also really cool with a brushed matte black uh, clasp for your keys and uh, kind of like a military style textured outside camo much like Boba Fett himself and uh, that red interior is just uh, is awesome uh, about Boba Fett uh, was one of the most feared and dangerous bounty hunters in the galaxy with custom Mandalorian armor deadly weapons and combat skills Boba Fett became a legend through many contracts with the Empire and the criminal underworld now he's a simple man making his way the galaxy all right and last up we have grogu crafted with light tan suede and complementing hints of green in the stitching and leather lining this grogu inspired limited edition key organizer embodies the design of his comforting robes the silver hardware is symbolic of grogu's curiosity towards his favorite mechanical components within the razor crest and his undeniable cheekiness Um, and this one has a bit of a more of a matte silver Kind of look to uh, the keychain, uh, unlike the Mandalorian one, which is uh, very metallic on the clasp. Uh, this one's a bit more, a uh, bit more matte silver, and definitely represents the uh, the little uh, gear shift knob that he's <laughs> absolutely fascinated with. And uh, again, the leather and the lining on this is is definitely genuine. It's it's awesome. It's uh, not going to rip. Uh, feels great and uh, feels very very nice. And then on the about Grogu section, it says a mysterious force-sensitive alien pursued by bounty hunters on behalf of the fallen imperial empire. Grogu's strength with the force once saved the Mandalorian's life, creating an uh, inseparable bond as they traveled across the galaxy. So as we mentioned on May the 4th when we revealed this product, uh, these are great for holding your keys uh, in a nice, almost like a, I would describe it as a, a sheath. Uh, You can look it up for yourself on the Orbit Key website, but it's definitely a great way to keep your keys organized in a nice little stack uh, between the folds of a nice leather kind of loop. Um, The clasp and the character design elements of each of these uh, really provide a nice unique uh, kind of feel and vibe about it. And uh, for any Star Wars fan not looking for uh, looking for a more luxurious element of uh, merchandising is definitely going to love this. So uh, great gift uh, for, you know, Father's Day coming up, uh, you know, great, uh, great gift for uh, any significant other, uh, a friend's birthday, any, any Star Wars collectors out there are, are going to absolutely love these. So make sure you get your hands on them before they're gone. These are uh, absolutely fantastic. And, and uh, the multi-tool that um, that kind of goes hand in hand with it. Uh, with nine functions. Let me just let me just read through this real quick. Multifunctional box cutter, bottle opener, pry bar, flat head screwdriver, a PH2 Phillips head screwdriver, letter opener, metric ruler, imperial ruler, and coarse file, all in uh, a slim profile that attaches to uh, the keychain itself. And uh, this thing is absolutely fantastic. I mean, this has got more features than a lightsaber. So I'm going to be carrying my keys around on this thing. Uh, a huge uh, shout out and thank you to Orbit Key. Uh, you know, we had a great time chatting, uh, you know, revealing your your special Star Wars product line on May the 4th. And, uh, you know, what a great surprise to have these turn up uh, right here in the escape pod. So uh, looking forward to all these other uh, Star Wars products that you guys Uh, may or may not have lined up down the road Um, and uh, you know for all those listeners out there of ours uh, go and check out orbitkey.ca or uh, I guess it would be orbitkey.com depending on uh, what country you're in and uh, you know definitely check out the Star Wars lineup obviously Uh, pick up a few accessories to go with it Uh, there's a, a number that are available Including uh, this multi-tool version 2 as well as the orbit key ring and a clip version 2 I'm looking forward to slamming my keys on this thing and I know uh, the rest of our Teammates are as well check it out orbit key Star Wars collaboration Thank you again to orbit key and we're looking forward to seeing what you guys do uh, in the future all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And you know, we love chatting about Star Wars. It's pretty much the only reason why we why we do this every. You know, it's not a job. Uh, we don't get paid for doing this podcast or anything like that. So you know, any kind of support, as far as uh, dropping five star or a nice review, even just sending us like a kind email with just uh, some some nice words about. Uh, you know, what we're doing here to make your day, uh, you know, chatting Star Wars and the galaxy far, far away. Uh, it goes a long way as far as uh, the reason why we even do this in the first place. And uh, yeah, we, we'd probably be doing it anyways, but uh, we always love to hear from you guys. And, uh, you know, any, any kind words would be much appreciated. Uh, the podcast is now available on Samsung Podcasts as well as PodChaser. So if you have either of those platforms or an account on either, uh, you can find Star Wars Escape Pod on there. And make sure you tune in in the coming couple days for more reviews and catch-ups on Star Wars Celebration as well as Obi-Wan Kenobi premiering tonight on Disney+. So go check out the Star Wars Orbit Key Collection, catch Obi-Wan on Disney+, and check out Star Wars Celebration Day 2 tomorrow. We'll see you in the next episode, and may the Force be with you.